Hi, this is Sean Benson from Harvest Church in Warrensburg, Missouri. I want to thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. For more resources, log on to harvestwarrensburg.com. This part of us, where one, we un- misunderstand the word repentance, and we think that repentance is an I'm sorry, with nothing shifting. Okay, and so one of the things that we learned about repentance last week is that repentance isn't an I'm sorry, it's actually an amendment of life. It's proven out in the way that we do things. So, so we don't just get up and say, like, if I've hurt somebody, I don't just say, I'm sorry, and think that that's all fine. It actually means that I have to adjust the way I live my life so that I don't continue to do the same thing over and over and over again. If we say that we're sorry and that we're repentant, but we don't actually change our lifestyle, we're in error. Okay? That was the first thing. And the second thing that I really wanted to break last week was that God is waiting on the edge of of judgment every time we sin. And so we repent out of a fear of his wrath. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. He is is gracious and long-suffering and patient with us, right? He's tolerant with us. That's what we were learning last week out of Romans. It says that God was tolerant with us. He's patient over us in the middle of our sin. He waits. He's waiting patiently for us to be able to turn to him, and it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And the, the third definition that I had read to you, and I'm not going to reread it again this time, was, was really talking about the heart of God. When we understand that our, that our actions have actually hurt and offended God because we understand how good he is, that's the, that's the indicator for us. That's the, that's the reason that we shift in the way that we live is because we understand that his kindness and his goodness and his beauty is worth us shifting our life for. You know, and we've talked before about salvation not just being a prayer that we pray on a Sunday morning. It's, it's actually, it's lordship of, like, we let God be lord of our life. You know, so to be, to be saved, if you want to use that term, is to say, I've laid down my life and I've, and I've chosen to follow God. And so repentance is that process in the middle of where we walk out into righteousness, what it looks like to live in a way. And it's, it's an everyday thing. It's not a once once on the front of the church, you know, on the floor, where you're just saying, God, I'm sorry for everything I've done. Instead, it's a renewal of our mind. Romans 12 says that we renew our mind, right? And it's that process of going into the scriptures and reading what the scripture says and then adjusting our life for it. But why does God put rules and restrictions in place anyway? Like, what's the purpose of that? You know, like... um, Obviously, if we understand that he's good, then he's probably not doing it to be mean. But, but I, had, I have this picture. I don't have it. You're not going to see it. But I'm going to describe it to you. I have this picture of, um, of Sean, actually, when, when our, our youngest was um, one. He was about one years old, maybe 12 months. I, I don't know. He was like 14 months old. He was just toddling around. He wasn't walking very good. And... Um, and he was, we were out at a lake, we were taking the kids out, we were walking around and enjoying the outside, and, um, and I have this picture of Sean, and he's kneeling down like this, and he's got his hand on the back of Josiah's shirt, and he's just holding him, and Josiah is like right there in the water, right? Like he is just all about looking, at, he's looking at the rocks, he's looking at little fish, he is having a, the time of his life, but Sean is standing behind him, and he's just got his hand on his shirt, 
Why is he doing that? Is he being mean? Is he restricting Josiah's fun? Kind of. Josiah would have really liked to have gone swimming, but a 14-month-old or 12-month-old can't swim, right? Well, at least mine couldn't, all right? So maybe yours could, but mine could not swim. So he was holding him there, but it wasn't out of, out of a, a mean or vengeful or angry father, right? It was out of love, right? Out of protection, out of a need to care for our child, right? And so he stands there and he, and he restricts him, from going any further. He puts in a boundary in place, not out of anger, not out of fear, not because he's mean, but because he loves. And and when we can begin to grasp that concept in the word of God, that, that the things that God puts boundaries in place for us, it's not meant to be restriction. It's actually meant to be a place of freedom because Josiah had all kinds of places. He could, he was free to look and to have fun with the water and all that stuff. But he wasn't, he, we weren't going to let him drown and die, right? We weren't going to let him fall in and get scared of water, right? We were preventing him from hurting himself with a restriction. But it wasn't out of a place of punishment or anything like that. Now, sometimes our kids get really angry about those kinds of restrictions, right? Like there are times when they're like, I want in the water and they don't understand why you're not letting them. And sometimes we're a lot like that too. We don't necessarily understand why God has certain things in place. But when we begin to understand that everything he does is for us and it's for our good, we can begin to go, okay, then maybe there's a reason that he has a restriction here. Okay. The problem with us is that we lived a little bit of our life, maybe a lot of our life, without God, and we were not used to those restrictions. We were free to do anything that we wanted to do. And then when we step into the kingdom of God, we begin to say, oh, the way that the Bible says we should think isn't the way that I think, and the way that the Bible says that I should act doesn't feel natural to me, and so I don't act like that naturally. But here's the thing. The beautiful place is this place called repentance, and it's this, it's this process that we walk out on a daily basis. Not of, It's not this... Um, Break off the mindset of it being religious. It's not a religious duty that we do. Repentance is literally just a simple, it's simply just turning. It's changing the way that we think. But it's, sometimes we think of, re, of repentance as sitting down at the front of the church and just telling God how sorry we are and crying. And the more tears we have, the more repentant we are. And that's, that's not it at all. That's the emotional side of repentance that often comes. There's a sorrow that comes with repentance, but it's not the place that actually is where the rubber meets the road. It's just the beginning. Repentance is the lifestyle that we begin to shift and we begin to work out what it looks like. It's like working out our salvation, right? And so we were walking every day and going, okay, God, is the way that I'm thinking about this situation the way that you're thinking? Okay, it's not. How are you viewing this? And then I adjust for him. Okay, I was processing bringing this message to you, and I felt like the Holy Spirit had sent me to Psalm 119. I love Psalm 119, but it's a slightly large chapter. It's the longest chapter in the entire Bible. I don't remember how many verses it is, but it's well over 100. Um, And I'm like, God, that's a lot of, like, you're sending me to Psalm 119. There's a lot there. There's like pages of Psalm 119. And I 
pulled my Bible open to it and, um, and actually kind of stumbled on this little section. Um, and I, I just was reading it going, oh, that's perfect. That's the perfect scripture for repentance. So let me just, let, let's just read it really quick. So it's, I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your instructions. I rise at midnight to thank you for your just regulations. I'm a friend to anyone who fears you, anyone who obeys your commandments. Oh Lord, your unfailing love fills the earth and teach me your decrees. There's just a couple of things I felt like would be able to like describe to you just simple keys for understanding what repentance looks like. Repentance is, is a simple thing. Let's give you the quick definition of it. I did have it on here. It is to change your mind and go a different direction. That's the simple version. We'll talk about that. The other one is repentance is the relinquishment of any practice from the conviction that it has offended God. Okay? So things, and I'm not just talking about really big sins. I'm talking about just mindsets, things that we do. The offense that we carry towards somebody, the the, um, the actual attitude that we have towards our parent, our sibling, our spouse, our children, right? Just the way that we respond, you know, it might be a place where we just need to go, oh, okay, God, I feel the conviction from you here. I need to make an adjustment. The first one I'm going to talk about is just, we're going to kind of just hit three different verses today. The first one is out of verse... 59. Okay. And it says this, it says, there we go over here on the, what is it? Your left. It's your left. I have to like put my hands out and like think which one's my left and my right there. Okay. So I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. The another scripture translation says, I considered my ways and I turned to follow your laws. So to ponder is to consider and to think carefully about to reflect on. And here's a good question. When we're reading the scripture, when we're reading the word of God, which if we know Jesus and we want to know what he says, then we have to read his word, right? So is, am I willing to ponder the direction of my life? Am I willing to even ask, does my, my lifestyle, my choices line up with your word? Have I taken the time to consider if the way that I think, the way that I act, the way that I feel, or the way that I believe align with your word. It's everything that we live. Like we live, we have to completely shift everything. When we, when we accepted Jesus, we died to our old nature and we came new with a new nature. And sometimes that old nature, which is our patterns and the way that we thought previously, still want to come up and run us. They want to control the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we talk, the way that we treat people, you know, and those things have to die and we have to learn the new way of the kingdom and the new way of the kingdom oftentimes feels upside down to the way that we learned how to live in the past. And so everything we do needs to be submitted to the Lordship of Christ and we have to make adjustments for it. Does this, is this making sense? Okay. I love, there's a, there's a quote by Bill Johnson, and I love, I love it, what it says because it's such a great sentence for it. Am I willing, wait, that's not what he says. Hold on, there we go. I can't afford to have any thought in my head about me that God doesn't have in his. 
So if I'm thinking, like if I'm looking in the mirror and everything that I'm seeing about myself, or if I do something and I feel stupid and I'm just berating myself over and over and over again, you know, I have to take a minute and to stop and to think, is this what God's seeing me? Like, is this how God's treating me? Is this what God thinks of me? And if it's not, then I need to divorce myself, completely separate myself from the thoughts that I was having and line myself up with what God says about me, right? That's repentance. Repentance is divorcing ourselves, literally separating, full separation from the way that we think or the way that we want to naturally think about ourselves or a situation or anything like that and to come into the alignment with God, right? And that process is the process of repentance. It's simple and it's not religious. It's just a recognition. You know, there's, it's the simple thing of like, if, I, if I'm getting grumpy with my children and I hear the Holy Spirit just kind of tap me on the heart and go, hey, you're being grumpy. You know, instead of going, yeah, and I'm going to continue to be grumpy because it's the only way I can get them to actually do something, right? Like that's not divorcing myself from what the way that I want to live and changing my lifestyle. That's not repentance, right? Repentance is me going, oh yeah, I am being grumpy. Okay, Jesus, how do, how do I motivate my children then? How do I need to adjust myself? How do I line myself up with you? And we have that conversation, right? And then I do something about the conversation. I actually change. I make an adjustment. But I think that when we take that scripture, go back to that scripture. Um, I want us to take time to evaluate our life for a minute. Like think through, you know, the way that I'm acting lately. Over the last week, have the words that have come out of my mouth lined up with the way that God wants me to talk to people? Have the thoughts that I've had lined up with who God says or how God says I should think? Have my actions displayed my character of righteousness or have they displayed a character of something that's other than the kingdom of God? Right? Evaluate your life. Take time to allow the Holy Spirit to, to give you feedback, right? Humility is a place where we ask for feedback. There's, you know, when, when I first started speaking, I would, I would ask Sean afterwards, can you give me feedback? What am I doing? And one of the things he had said was, he was like, you use the word um a lot, and that's really distracting. And so I had to learn how to pull the word um from my vocabulary so that when I was speaking, I wasn't consistently saying um. Recently, for feedback, I noticed myself that I have said the word right a lot when I was speaking. I was constantly looking for feedback, and I was like, oh, I need to change that, and I need to pull that out of my lifestyle. This is, that's a simple place of repentance. It's looking, it's humility is, is the key for us, and we are looking out of a humble heart going, God, give me feedback. Can you give me some feedback on who I am to you, how I'm responding to you? Is my life continually de- like becoming more righteous, or am I stuck? You know, so take time, ponder the direction of your life or, or consider your ways, the way that you're acting. What's your family saying to you? Is your family showing you that, that you are responding like Christ or is your family going, man, you get scary when you get angry. I don't want to be around you when you act like that. Hey, can you stop doing this because this bothers me? If you're getting feedback from people around you, then you probably need to make some adjustments, Right? That's repentance.
the next scripture verse, it's verse 60, and it says, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. And I love that. Sean, Sean and I were talking about this scripture and um, why? Like, what's the purpose? Like, okay, so I'm evaluating my life. I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm pondering about it. And I'm asking God, like, do I need to make some adjustments? But then why do I need to hurry? Why do I need to urgently begin to obey? And um, he, was, he was remembering, like, last summer we went um, to a lake and we got to do some cliff jumping. And by, I say we, I mean collectively my children and my husband cliff jumped. And I watched them floating in the lake enjoying the sun because that's what I preferred to do. And I was also keeping our dog from having a heart attack. Um, he did not like our kids climbing up there and jumping off of the, the cliff. So... So I was watching them, and one of the things that Sean had said, he goes, he said, you know, when you get up to the top of the cliff, and you're getting ready to throw yourself off, I say this cliff, imagine that's a little bit bigger than this, because that's not too terrifying to throw yourself off of, you know, but, but when, you're, when you're standing at the top, getting ready to throw yourself into the water, what happens if you hesitate? What happens in your mind? Fear creeps in. What else? Doubt, concern that I can live through the event. What if there's rocks down there that I haven't seen, right? There's a lot of things that begin to kind of percolate in our system when we begin to kind of just hesitate to just jump, right? So when, when we see the command, like if God is Lord of our life, which means he gets to call the shots, and then he's like, hey, make an adjustment, and we go, I don't know that I want to make that adjustment. All of a sudden, as we stand there, all the fears come in, all of the concerns, all the doubts that I can actually make the adjustment begin to swirl in my heart. And I begin to doubt that the adjustment that God's asked me to make is actually even possible. I'm just going to fail like I have the last hundred times. I, like, is it really that bad? And then we begin to compromise, right? And we take a step back from the place where he's like, jump. And you're like, I don't, I don't think you're going to catch me. I don't trust you enough. And we begin to just step back from the place where God's saying, no, just trust me, jump into me and allow me to shift you. So come in and just launch yourself into my grace, right? If God gives us a command, does he hold it out as a carrot and say, I know that you can never attain this, but just keep trying. Is that who God is to us? If he tells us, I need you to act like this, then he gives us the grace to walk like that, to act like that to live like that, to speak like that. You know, and this is the thing. I know that all of us have come from different places. Some of us have known the Lord most of our life. Like I have, like I have known Jesus most of my life, you know, and there's others who have barely even heard his name before you've walked into these doors, right? So we're all on this different journey and, and it's every place of us jumping in to trust him looks different. Every single one of us, God is asking us to change just something a little bit different. It's not all the same right? Repentance isn't, is, I still have to repent every day. I'm still adjusting, which just means I'm changing the way that I think every day. Every single day, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, like, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to adjust? And then I'm working to obey immediately, right? I'm putting it into place. I'm listening to him. That's what lordship looks like. I love um, Galatians 5.1 says, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. There's no scripture up there, sorry. Therefore, keep standing firm. God's 
God has saved us into freedom. So when he calls us to jump into something that's going to actually help us, we have the freedom to say no and to stay right where we are. But there's another scripture that talks about like that we've, if whatever we give our body over to is what owns us. And so if we continue to hear him to say, hey, this is something that you need to adjust and we choose to not to adjust it, we are giving ourselves back over into slavery to that thing, right? Which is why some of us are still caught in addictions because we're continuing to serve our natural body, our nature, our sin nature, instead of choosing to serve God with complete devotion, okay? So it just means we shift the the way that we think, and it's not easy, but it is simple, okay? It's a daily process, and, and like I said last week, repentance looks like this, okay? We work hard, we get up, and we fall on our face, and we get back up, and we keep doing it, and every time we get a little bit better, just like a toddler learning to walk. They they take two steps and they fall on their face. They get help getting picked back up, which is the Holy Spirit. He picks us back up. He dusts us off and he's like, you got this. And you walk three more steps and then you fall on your face. And it happens over and over again. That's repentance. Every time you get back up and you're like, I'm going to do it again. It's a place of repentance. Repentance doesn't look like perfection. It's a process. It's a process. It's simple. It's just not easy. Okay, the last scripture is 61. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I'm firmly anchored to your instructions. Who do you have surrounding you? Who are your friends? Are your friends people who are constantly helping you be anchored to the word of God? Or are they people who are asking you into compromise? Come on, it's not that big of a deal. You don't, need to, you don't need to apologize for being grumpy and angry and yelling at that man. He was an idiot. Let's all agree he was an idiot. Now we've assigned him to be an idiot. We should go on instead of actually going, hey, God tells us not to judge people. We don't know what's going on with him. Let's have grace for him, right? A friend calls us into something different, right? We shouldn't have bandwagon friends, Oh, if you're mad at him, I'm mad at him too. We're all going to just be mad at him together. Let's just get really, oh, and I heard that he said this, and then we jump into gossip and we start swirling, and we're sinning, we're sinning in this place. And instead of having friends who go, hey, I know that that person hurt you, but let's walk through forgiveness together. I don't want to hear about what happened. I just know that you're hurting, and let's talk about this. Let's get you healed. Let's move you back into the right ways of Christ. Who are your friends? Are they calling you into better or are they encouraging you into compromise? Right? Do you guys, I don't, um, so talking about the lake, I obviously need to get some sun. I need some, I need some heat. Um, but we were, we were in, I don't even know, it was some Missouri lake, right? And, and we dropped our anchor in and the entire time we fought the boat because the, the, the ground underneath the water, whatever that would be called, the the what? The, the bottom of the lake, the silt, whatever it is, it was not easy for it to anchor in, okay? There weren't a lot of big rocks for the anchor to hold on or big trees that were stuck under there, okay? So every time we would drop the anchor in, we would pull on the anchor and it felt firm, but as we continued to watch the shoreline, our boat was moving. 
And so I would stay with the boat, and at some point I'm like, I don't know how to drive a boat, so I'm like, Sean, you need to swim back here. And he would have to sometimes swim pretty far because the boat had shifted that much. And so we, had, we learned that when we got to a place, we would, like, we would eye it up, and I'd be like, okay, I have to stand like, right here, and if I stand right here, then this is where all of the markers are. And we think that the boat is anchored well, but we'll watch. And then as we slowly sat there over time, it would shift, right? Ever so slightly. That's what friends who aren't anchored in the word do for us. We just compromise ever so slightly, and we just find ourselves slowly drifting. And, you know, if you drift too far, it's pretty impossible for people to swim out to get you or to get the boat. You know, if I had gone to the shore and we hadn't anchored the boat properly and nobody was around the boat, it wasn't our boat. That could have been a very big problem for us. And there weren't cell phone service towers down there. So it could have been complicated, right, if the boat hadn't been anchored. So we have to be anchored to the Word of God, and we need to have friends that help us be. Does that make sense? You know, anybody who has come out of any sort of addiction knows that when they are coming out of it, they have to leave their friend group because their friend group will just pull them back into compromise. I, I remember talking to a girl once. She had come to church and the Lord had completely healed her, completely set free from, um, from a meth addiction instantly. Like she had come up to the altar, she was praying and the Lord touched her, healed her. And for six months, she didn't have one ounce of a desire for meth, not once. But she didn't leave her friend group. And she continued to, to live in the same community and with the same people around her. And after six months, somebody gave her, um, offered her some drug, I think it was pot or something like that. She said then the moment she picked it up, she instantly was sucked right back into the entire culture again. Why? Because her friend group anchored her to the wrong thing. They drug her back into sin. Now, was it her choice? Yes. Right? Her friend group chose to do evil, but she chose to continue to surround herself with people who were not pulling her and anchoring her to the word of God. Instead, they were pulling her into compromise every single day, small steps for six months until one day she caved. And to this day, I believe she has not recovered. Right? And that's been 15, 20 years. Like it's a long time. It's heartbreaking. We have to shift everything in our life to begin to follow the Lord with everything in us. But here's the other thing. I am firmly anchored to your instructions. How do we know God's directions for our lives? Right? This little book here. Mine's little. This one's little. The other one I have is really fat. But this little book here actually has a lot of instructions for us. That when we read it consistently and we begin to apply it, we find ourselves anchored to it in an easy way. It's simple. It's simple. It's not always easy, but it is simple. It's a simple process. And let's, let's take it. Let's do a simple process here. So pulling up to Ephesians, I'm going to read a few verses, and then I'm going to walk with you through what does repentance just look like simply, okay? So I'm reading out of Ephesians 4, verses 22, and I'm not sure how far I'll go. I'll just read for a few minutes. So it says this, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. 
Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for, the, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all kinds of types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So when we are walking through, like we're reading the word of God, which you should be doing consistently, you know, if you only ate a real meal on Sunday mornings before you came to church, would you be healthy? No? And if somebody had to spoon feed it to you, would that make you less healthy or more healthy than if you fed it to yourself? Less healthy. You'd be less healthy. If somebody had to come up and be like, okay, it's time to eat your breakfast. Let me give it to you. Right? Read your word. This is life. This is life. This is where you find life. This is how we change. This is how we grow. This is how we actually live in the freedom that Christ has paid for us. Right? So, so as we're reading this, if, we're reading, if I'm reading through this script, this is, how I, this is how I walk through repentance. I'm reading this. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Okay, so, so okay, Jesus, have I thrown off? Like, are there areas that you want me to continue to throw off? Is there something that I'm walking in? I'm asking him questions, right? I'm just taking time with the Lord. I'm like, hey, is there something here that's still corrupted that needs to be thrown off? And I'm listening for his response. But then he gives us a whole list, right? I read off a whole list of stuff. Let me just throw in some things. Um, Stop telling lies. Okay, so God, am I, do I lie? Do white lies matter? What if I'm lying to protect somebody? Does that matter? Like, I'm asking him questions, right? And I'm beginning to listen to his response. So this, this says, stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body. So they're saying, honor your neighbors. Honor everybody around you by telling them the truth, okay? Do I need to adjust something in my life here, Holy Spirit? I know if I lie, right? We all know if we're lying, And so if we do, then what do we do about it? Okay, this is just, it's simple. We go, I'm evaluating my life. That's what the first scripture says, right? We're evaluating it going, okay, I recognize that I do lie about some things. All right, so what do I do now? Well, now I I just move into full and complete obedience. I don't delay. I don't sit there and make excuses for why I'm lying. Well, this one's not so bad. This one's, you know, this was probably reasonable. No, I need to just move into obedience because God's good to me and he's kind to me and his regulations are for my protection, right? He's putting restrictions out there to keep me from falling into the water and drowning, not to tell me, not to punish me, right? And so I go into, okay, then I'm not going to continue to lie, right? And then I begin to surround me with people who also are going to call me into that. So if I have a problem with lying, 
then I can tell the people who are safe around me to go, hey, help me. Help me make sure that I'm, I'm being completely tr- truthful in everything that I say and do. Would you partner with me in this? But I'm also surrounding myself by people who tell the truth in love, right? And we just keep reading. So don't sin by letting anger control you. Ooh. Well, anger doesn't control me. I only get mad every once in a while. When I do, I might get out of control, but it doesn't control me because it only happens every once, you know, once a week or once every month, right? No, but if anger ever gets control over you where you don't have control over yourself, where you are lacking self-control, that's a place where repentance just has to happen. Jesus, this is not letting my, like my ways are not pure before you. I am allowing anger to control me. And it's, it's creating this place where I'm hurting people that you love, right? And so what do I do about it? Jesus, would you forgive me? And would you teach me your ways? Would you teach me your ways? And if you continue to read through, like Galatians has the fruit of the spirit, which is like love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control, like those different things to go, okay, God, if I am responding out of anger, then would you give me a spirit of gentleness and kindness? Would you show me how to love people? Would you show me how to, how to divorce myself from anger? What's the reason I have the anger? And would you help me to adjust but it's full and complete obedience. Is this making sense? Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So on the positive side, even this, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words are an encouragement to those who hear them. Okay, so maybe you don't struggle with foul and abusive language or anger, but maybe you're not very encouraging. Maybe the way that you speak isn't edifying to people. It doesn't build them up. It actually, it, it, maybe you're sarcastic to the point where you're hurting people, right? Because we, we know, like, a lot of us understand that some sarcasm can be just teasing and other ones come with darts, right? We can feel the difference. And maybe the way that we're speaking to people is actually hurting people because we're not being kind and edifying in the way that we're speaking, So that's another question to the Holy Spirit. God, do the words that come out of my mouth, are they good and helpful for people? Are they encouragement to the people who hear them? If not, then what do I do? I change the way that I live, right? I turn and I walk a different direction and I make a quick direct turn and I don't talk myself out of why I do what I do, but I begin to just say, God, if it's not of you, I don't want it and I walk away from it, right? That's that's a constant response that Sean and I have had for 25 years. If it's not of him, we don't want it. We're going to walk away. If it's not of him, we don't want it. We're going to walk away. Like that's just how we live. And if you're, you know, if you're going to pressure us into a place where we're feeling the, the overwhelm to step into something that's not right before the Lord, we're going to walk away, right? Because our, our life is meant to honor and to glorify him, to walk into a place of righteousness and repentance never stops. Right? I've been, I've been saved for, I don't know, I don't know, like I'm old. So I've been saved for like 40 years. Right? I got saved when I was like three years old. I am still repenting. I'm still in the process of changing the way that I think. You know, some of you guys have been saved a lot longer than I have. And you're still in the process of changing the way that we think, just aligning ourselves up with, with God, right? And it never changes, but it doesn't have to look like 
15 minutes a day where we're sitting there, oh God, would you please forgive me? I'm a terrible sinner. I know that I've done everything wrong. And you know, it's not that. Repentance is simple. It's just a place of humility where you go, yep, I need to make an adjustment here. Okay, how do you want me to make the adjustment? And then I just turn and I make the adjustment. It's simple and it's easy. I shouldn't say it's easy. It's simple. But when we are dealing, I want to be, to be real. I know that we deal with things that are habits, right? Things that we are struggling with, things that, are, that we're stuck to. And we can't, for the life of us, try to figure out how to get unstuck from places of sin. And that's the thing. It's, the simple part of it is it's the same thing. It's the same process. Okay, God, I fell into this again. Something's still broken in me. Can you show me what that is? right? I'm probably believing a lie. I'm probably struggling with something internal that I've been broken. And our brokenness isn't an excuse to stay there. It's just an invitation to go deeper with the Lord. Okay. So, so if we, let's say for instance, we trigger into anger often and we don't know how to stop and we just kind of find, and I say trigger, meaning you just find yourself there and you're just raging and you don't know what happened. You don't understand what changed. But instead to go before the Lord and to go, this offends you. This does not honor you. And you are love. And I have not been responding like you are love. I am treating people in a way that hurts your heart. And so would you, first of all, forgive me. But then would you heal the broken spot inside of me? Would you show it to me? And you let him begin to talk to you. And he begins to show you the beautiful things about what's happening inside of you. Why you trigger into anger. And you repent for those things. Okay, God, I don't want those. I don't want those lies. Sometimes he just reveals to us that we've been misunderstanding his character. Or we've learned habits from our parents that we didn't like, but we picked them up anyway. And he's like, okay, forgive your parents and let yourself be free. Right? He just walks us through so gently and so kindly that we can, that we can walk through this simple process. And we might have to go at it 15 times. We might have to go at it 15 times a day, right? A day until the thing is broken in us. But this is the thing. He doesn't ask us to do something without giving us the grace to walk it out. So you're not just doing this alone. It's not a, okay, get yourself cleaned up now that you're in the kingdom. He comes and he partners with us and he puts the Holy Spirit around us. And he's like, let me walk with you and guide you into holiness. Let me walk with you and guide you into righteousness. He is our guide, our helper, our friend, our companion. He lives inside of us. He's always talking to us. He loves us and he's not constantly condemning us. He doesn't condemn us. He encourages us out of sin. And so he's with us and he's like, okay, I know that you have this addiction and I know you're trying to break it and I'm going to walk with you if you just listen to me. And that's where humility comes in. We, we raise our humility level high and we put our pride down and we go, okay, I'm dependent upon you, Holy Spirit, to show me how to change the way that I think so that I can change the way that I live. Right? We have to change the way that we think so that we can change the way that we live. And we do that through dependence on the Holy Spirit and dependence on his word. And I would say with that last verse, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that our community matters. We're developing community groups. We have our destiny groups here because the goal is that we, I was actually talking to a person here at the church recently and, and she, um, she was talking to her brothers recently and her brothers were, her, her brothers were talking about a situation that had happened that 
they all had different perspectives on. And she had just said, she goes, I, I love the fact, I want people to look at me and to say, hey, you know, did you know that the way that you're living your life right now doesn't honor the Lord? I want somebody to love me enough to say, hey, what you're doing is going to bring you into pain. Right? There's that, we had, here's a good illustration. In the gym, if you see somebody who is doing a program on a machine that's going to cause them physical harm, do you just laugh at them and think, they're going to be broken tomorrow? Or out of kindness and love, do you go up and say, hey, if you continue to do that, you're going to break something? Or do we just sit back and watch and burn? This is going to be fun. Let me pull out my phone. I'm going to, I'm going to get this, like, right? Out of love, we should go up and say, hey, if you continue to do this, you're going to pull something. You're going to break something. You're going to, you're going to hurt yourself really bad, right? Like, that is what it looks like to, to encourage people. That's what community does. The opposite of evil people trying to drag us into sin is our righteous people pulling us and walking with us into righteousness. It's, it's community, and it doesn't mean they're in your business, but they are loving you in a place where they're like, hey, I've heard you say that a few times. Have you ever considered maybe that there's this way, this mindset that you could put on that would change the way that you're perceiving your situation? Right? That's what community gets to do. It's to give you an opportunity to see things from a different perspective, maybe God's perspective. And then you get the opportunity to step into that. Right? So community matters. Our community matters. And I, I love this scripture out of Psalm 101. It's out of the Passion Translation. It says, My innermost circle will only be those who I know are pure and godly. They will be the only ones I allow to minister to me. It's that place of going, the people that I'm going to surround myself with are the ones who are going to walk with me into righteousness. We're all going the same direction, and we are working hard to live a lifestyle that honors and pleases the Lord. And we're going to separate ourselves from people who are going to try to drag us back into sin, but we're going to anchor ourselves to the Word of God and to friends who are going after the Word of God. Right? So the three different things that we talk about with repentance are we evaluate our life. You know, we are very quick to change. We jump straight in. We don't wait. We are urgent in our change. As soon as God says, hey, that's not my way, then we go, what is your way? And I'll jump, right? We jump straight into his ways. And the last thing is that we get anchored in the word and anchored in with community, healthy, godly community. And it shifts us right? And it begins to help us to stay in this place of repentance. But I, I just want to say, it's not going to stop. You will still always repent because we always are changing the way that we think. There's always places that we get to grow into the ways of God, right? Okay. You guys are all looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay. I'm going to pray. And if you think I'm crazy, come and talk to me afterwards. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you that we get the opportunity and the blessing and the gift of repentance in our life. We don't have to stay in the place where guilt and shame overwhelms us. We don't have to stay feeling tied to the things that make us feel disgusted about ourselves. God, you're 
your beauty and your gift of repentance is so available to us to walk us into a shame-free life. God, we just are so overwhelmed by that. Yeah, would you help us to begin to evaluate our life based on your word? That we would ponder our ways and to see if they line up with you. And if they don't, God, that we would immediately turn and to begin to walk in your ways, God. Give us humble hearts. Give us humble ears to hear even when a friend corrects us. Or even if we're being corrected by somebody who we wouldn't consider a friend. God, give us high humility and high dependence, God. We don't want to grow up into being independent Christians, Jesus. We want to be fully and wholly dependent upon you, Holy Spirit. It's the only way we get to live in righteousness with you. God, and I just pray that you would also help us to find people that we can surround ourselves with that will edify us and build us up and encourage us to walk in your ways that would help us to be anchored in with you. Yeah, so that we're not drifting. Yeah, God, thank you that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. That you're patient with us. You're patient with us as we walk out that process, God. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to contact us or would like more information about our church or additional podcasts or resources, please visit us online at harvestwarrensburg.com. We hope to see you soon.